Job today. The book of Job, we on here? Is this on? Is this on? All right, good, good, good. I tell you, I enjoy being with you, the singing, the shouting. Don't understand you folks. You don't speak American language, but uh, <laughs> my goodness, do you speak different than we do in California. Uh, it takes you 20 minutes to say hello. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I think we'll speak that way in heaven. Um, I hope some Californians are going to heaven, but uh, my goodness, it's good to see preachers. God bless you, men of God. And you know, some of you pastor in hollers and back areas, woods and towns, it really doesn't matter where you pastor, it matters how you pastor. And uh, I thank God for you, all of you. It's wonderful. You know, last night to hear Brother McBride, I thought, my goodness, uh, what power in the Word of God and Book of Ruth. He found more in that chapter than I have found in all 66 books of the Bible. I don't know how, how guys do that. It's just amazing. And then, of course, to hear Brother Jones this morning, you could tell the man as Brother McBride, the man knows God. Uh, I, I, I'm sure, I'm certain I'll remember the message from Luke 15 this morning. But if I forget it, I won't ever forget the delivery of the message this morning. When a man knows God, it's so refreshing. And I really believe that's how you folks are, you men of God here today. And then, of course, to hear our own brother, Justin Cooper. I almost have a heart attack when he preaches. <laughs> he wears me out. I mean, he can speak faster than I can think. And um, he's, uh, he's been such a blessing to us. And, he preaches every Wednesday night at our church, and I, I mean, it's like we're in constant revival. It's just a, a tremendous thing. He's on a, a subject of faith right now, and, and I'll tell you, the invitation, it just swells. People come, people shout, people love it, and um, I know we're in the what people call the land of fruits and nuts. <laughs> But you remember what happens to California is going to happen here. You talk about being planted. You preached the message one time, Pastor Cooper, about where, in, where Satan's seat is. We live in that. But sometimes I think we think that Californians are only the wicked sinners. I guess you have internet here now too. Is that right? I guess Al Gore got to this area. And... Uh, I think we think only bad programming and television and all that other stuff and social media is in California. Sin is sin. I remember in 77, I went to preach in Korea and I preached that first night. It was so terrible. I just saw those sweet, sweet Koreans. And they were just so kind and they bowed to you. And I said to the preacher afterwards, I said, I had a hard time preaching tonight. These folks, I, I talk about worldliness, and we, we know all about that. They have nothing. Yeah, yeah. And it just broke my heart. He said, let me tell you about these Koreans. They're just as wicked as Americans. They're sinners that need Christ. That helped me. After that, we let preaching come, and God, God used it. I, I want to say thank you so much, Pastor. Pastor, Brother Gravely is such a wonderful man. He knows the Lord, Amen. and you're blessed to have him in this region, in this area. Your church, Bible Baptist, you're wonderful people. 
Our people love him there. And uh, I want to thank you so much, this church and you preachers. I pray that God will use us today. You know, we come to a meeting, especially, I've not preached this meeting. You, you, I'd want to probably preach something that I know works. A sugar stick, maybe. I've never preached this message before. But I believe God would have me speak to preachers today. If you're a pastor of a church, an evangelist, a missionary, would you just raise your hand all over the house? It's a wonderful sight. I love preachers. They're such a help to me. When pastors preach, I always move to the altar. I'm so convicted. God uses them every time. I'm so blessed. I'm so encouraged. I'm so desirous to do more for God. I thank God for you. And then I want to speak to not only preachers today, but as I continue to prepare, I thought about parents. I wonder how many parents are here today. Parents, my goodness, what a privilege. We have three kids, Tiffany, Timothy, Tabitha, all in the ministry serving God. Two boys are pastors and one's a Christian school principal. We love our kids. We love our 14 grandkids. We won't tuck kids to bed anymore in our home. It's been a long time since that happened. But I tell you what, you're raising kids, you're a parent, love every minute of it. Just love it, love it. I, I can tell you as a father, I loved it. I loved being a dad, still my dad, but they've left father and mother. If you're a Sunday school teacher, let me see your hands. A bus worker, let me see your hands. This is for you this morning as well. And I pray that God will use it in a powerful way. Job was going through a trial in his life. That trial from Job 1 to Job 42 lasted for one year. Sometimes we think that these trials are going to go on and on. You'll have the scar of the trial, but you're just getting ready for the next one. I pastored our church for 46 years. And in this 46 years, it's been the blessing of God. He's just poured it down upon our ministry. But I found out that you're either headed toward a trial or you're in a trial or you're going, getting ready to go into another trial. Man, this morning, woman, this days is few and full of troubles as sparks fly upward. But I never, never think it was a bad thing being a Christian. God reached down his hand and, uh, 65 years ago and reached my sorry soul. I could lie. I could lie right to my mother. God in his grace that night, I'll never forget, sitting next to my dad. Our church started and began in a barn. And from the barn, we went to building, but we had no electricity. We had lanterns glowing that night. I'll never forget walking forward and asking Christ to save me. Literally, my life was changed. I failed him so many times since then, but I've never gotten over being saved. Today, I come to you in in Job chapter 39. I want you to pick it up with me, if we will. In verse number one, let me say a few things about the text as we get to our text, and I want to speak to you about an animal today. Thou knowest the time when the wild goats, there's the first one, the rocks bring forth, or canst thou mark 
the hind, the deer to calve. That's the second one. God uses every illustration to get us the word of God, his word. The wild ass, verse number five, the donkey. So we have the goats. We have the deer. We have the donkeys. Verse nine, the unicorn. My Bible says in verse number 13, gavest thou the goodly wings to the peacocks or wings to the feathers of the ostrich. God is telling this man that's going through a trial is now getting ready to go out of the trial where he's going to declare, I know that thou canst do everything. God can do anything. But he's going to give us the illustration of all these animals and there's so many in the Bible, over a hundred that he mentions. The Bible says this ostrich leaveth her eggs in the earth and warmeth them in the dust and forgetteth the foot that may crush them or the wild beasts, there's another one, that break them. The ostrich is an amazing bird. It's the largest bird of all birds. It goes 43 to 44 miles per hour. It's a careless animal. The female ostrich is brown. The male is black. Because the ostrich at night, the black, the male sits on the nest. And it blends in with the dark of the night to protect the young. But in the dust, because the ostrich, they dig holes. Sometimes as large as five feet. And they put those eggs there. But that place where is the nest is just not for the one, the female's eggs, but it's for other females that have their eggs. It's a commune that they have there. And they're a little careless with it, though they can figure out which ones are theirs. And they cover back up with sand. And so in the heat of the day, and where there's wild animal that could come in the day, the brown ostrich blends into the sand. And you can see, you can't see, there's a place to, to find uh, food for yourself. The ostrich there, because they share it with others, it's not individual, she becomes careless. And the Bible says she is hardened against her young ones as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain without fear because God deprived her of wisdom, neither they parted to her understanding. I read that because the Bible says now she, the personal pronoun, what time she. God's in her going to do so. I want to speak on the horse today. God introduces the horse, but in bringing us the horse, he says, what time she, this ostrich, lifted up herself on high, she scorneth the horse and her, his rider. I'll do my best to bring you this truth about horses today. I know nothing about animals. Had dogs growing up. My wife and I don't have a dog, and I'm not against you having a dog. I am against you if you have a cat. They're from the devil. The guys, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the roaring lion, as a, as a roaring lion. The cats come from lions, that, that category of, you don't have a cat here, do you? You have cats? Any cat lovers here? I just lost my crowd. God bless you. I don't know anything about 
horse. I don't know anything about golf. I don't like golf. I tried it one time. They discriminate against me. They never cut the lawn where I hit the ball. <laughs> I don't hunt. And I'll tell you, that's a, that's, a, that's a very foolish thing to say here. You're all hunters here, aren't you? I don't know why a man would sit in the cold in a tree stand and wait for Bambi to come by. I don't know why you do that. But I guess it's fun. I kind of like the heater in the house and the bed. You know, I really live. My wife said to me, she says, honey, you know, we've had such a good life, but you sort of live a boring life. You don't hunt, you don't fish. Why would you fish? That has to be the most discouraging thing. You put your line in the water and your weight. I'm not going to wait for anything. I'm too agitated. I'm a nervous guy, I guess. I don't hunt, I don't fish, I don't golf, I don't know animals. But I pray that today God will speak to our hearts about the horse. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I love these people. They're your people. We've been so blessed to hear preaching and singing and fellowship. And I pray that today, by the end of this day, my life will have been helped by being around the saints of God, the men of God, the people of God, the word of God, at the place of God. Lord, meet with us. Speak to our hearts. These people don't know me. It's such a privilege to stand here. And I pray that you'd comfort the pastor's heart. Lord, he's taking a risk in having me here. But I pray that you'd empower the truth of today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to learn from the horse this morning. I want you to see the Bible says this. In verse 18, what time she lifted up herself on high, she scorneth the horse. Hast thou given the horse strength? Hast thou closed his neck with thunder? As a shepherd, as a pastor, as a parent, we must recognize that if we're going to be like a horse and God is trying to say, Job, you're coming through the trial now. Don't forget the horse. The horse has strength. If you're going to be a pastor, you cannot be a coward. We cannot be a wimp. We cannot be a sissy. We cannot be weak. And here this, the horse has strength. God's word says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We are living in a day, yes, it's perilous times. Yes, it's dark times. Yes, sin abounds everywhere. But it doesn't, it's not a time where preachers can be soft and say, I'm so tired of it. I'm so worn out. The battle's so hard. Thank God you're in the battle. I'd rather be in the battle than on the sideline. I know heaven sounded sweeter all the time, but I tell you what, though I long to go to heaven, I like living here too. I like preaching God's word. I like singing the songs of Zion. I want you to know that this horse is always strong. Man up! It's an honor. We, we don't go to the pulpit well. I know you're all going through heartache. You don't have to remind them. I'm on the winning side. Yeah. 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 Lift up your heads, yeah. pilgrim yeah. aweary. Yeah. 
This is not defeat. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Well, it's difficult. I'm a mother. Praise God for that. Oh, I recall that we went in the ministry, my wife and I, and God never gave us a baby that first year, the second year, the third year, the fourth year, our fifth year, or sixth, and we just believed that it was that's God's plan, that's God's plan. And on year seven, one month shy of the seventh year, God gave us 40, 43 years ago, a little girl. Oh, I thank God she's a preacher's wife tonight, today. And what a joy it is to have children. Oh, I'd love to, uh, the day she was born, all of our kids were born in their bedrooms at our house. We weren't hippies. We just didn't have insurance. It's just the way it worked. I held Tiffany in my arms at 4.30 in the morning. I said, now, Tiffany, you have a beautiful mother. And you have a dad. It's about where I left it right there. And I love you. But honey, I want to tell you something. Sweetheart, you're a sinner. You don't know Jesus. But mom, I can, I can see the couch. I was old floral couch sitting on. I said, daddy and mom are going to try to tell you all about Jesus. I said, let me tell you what the Bible says about your condition. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I told her the entire Romans road of salvation right within the hour she was born. Oh, what a happy day, the day she got saved. I want you to know to be a parent, I, I envy you so much. It went so fast at nighttime. I'd steal away. We, every night we'd have prayer and Bible time. It wasn't very good. I tried to make it good. And my kids, when they I said, they said, Dad, don't ever say that. It was great. I, I, I don't know if it was or not. But we had Bible time every night. And we had prayer time. We would sing together. And at night, I'd go into the room sometime, the little crib, when they're sleeping. And I said, oh, dear God, I love Tabitha. I love her so much. I love Timothy. I love Tiffany. And oh, God, please use them for thy glory. Hey, let me tell you something. I'm not stealing away to the crib. They're long past the crib. You're a mother. You're a dad. Be strong. Enjoy it. Don't be moaning. Don't get moody. Don't get upset. The horse has strength. This is not a day for cowards. This day is not a day of quitting. When I felt like quitting, well, stop that. Just stop it. Thank God for the privilege of an illustration of a horse. And notice that horse has strength. You know what I like about the horse? The horse can smell. Verse 20. Cast out, make him afraid. Who's he talking about? The horse. Cast out, make him afraid as a grasshopper. The glory of his nostrils is terrible. I don't know much about horses. You do probably. But I tell you what, when that horse senses danger, they begin to flare. And they open up, I smell it. A horse, a horse can smell 50 yards away a cougar's in the mist, 150 feet away or more. That horse is so designed with its head, it can turn all around and pivot all the around. And the little youngins are by them. And I say, I smell danger coming. I smell it. There's a cougar in the area. I smell it. 
I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this come without a fight. I'm gonna use my strength. I'm gonna use my courage. Smell it. Can't you smell some of the things that are coming in our churches? Can't you smell it? I love, you used the word many times this week, yesterday and today. I love when you say worship. I love it. And I love it. I've heard the word praise. I love praise. I love worship. But I'm going to tell you something. This worship and praise of today, not like what's here. But this worship and praise is not coming from independent, fundamental, separated, King James Version Baptist. It's come from charismatics. It's come from the contemporary crowd. I want to say today that you got to be able to smell it. Can't you smell what's happening in your youth group? Can't you smell it? Can't you smell it? What's happening in your home? Can't you smell it? These little worship and little worship songs. And it's all about, hey, I get my hands up more than anybody around here. I don't lift my hands. I'm clapping all the time. I'm praising God. I love it all. Oh, but, but praise Jesus. That's a man talking. Well, it's a male. It's not a man. I just feel like praising, praising Jesus. Let me sing of him. And then I'm going to tell you something. The only songs, if I've ever heard a few of them, you can smell it right off the bat. They're, they're always sissy. It's sissified. Little breathy, little breathy, little voice of a little ma- male singer. Little breathy, little voice. Little sweet, little voice. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. I get the idea. We worship you. Oh, most glorious God, we worship you. You're, you're so good to me. You know what? Rhythmically, even harmonically, God builds music off the structure of the chords. And the words have to fit the chords. Duh. You know, you know that, that worship and praise. May I just say, what's, what's so wrong? There is a fountain. his strength. How about the song we have heard the joyful sound? How about all hail the power of Jesus' name? Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth a royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. We worship you. We worship. I just feel like worshiping and praising the Lord right now. Listen, when you sing, I like it when you talk about it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Dr. Tom Malone didn't give us that song. Dr. Lee Robertson didn't give us that song. Dr. Dr. Bobby Robertson didn't give us that song. Curtis Hudson didn't give us that song. John R. Rice didn't give us that uh, J. Frank Norris didn't give us Hey, that worked in yesteryear, and our churches are exploding. But now we, we just want to have our praise group up here. Our frontline singers. 
He said, well, you shouldn't be. I'm the nicest guy in America. Maybe not. But I'm telling you, friend, can't you smell it? Yes. These guys, they, they're so, they, they say, you know, Brother Cheaper, we, we, here's the big thing. We want more expositional preaching, word by word. And by the way, I love that. I love it. I try to preach that way. Thank God for the word of God. But just because you take one verse and dissect it 5,752 times, and some of you have that great gift, and thank God for you. These people, these preachers, you have, they, they, they criticize it. And they, we want more of the word of God because you preach a truth or you preach a thought. That's right. Oh, there's something wrong with that. But, but why is the first thing what you do then when you start your little team, uh, can't you smell it, you're moving? Uh, you drop Sunday school. Yeah. Oh, we want more of the Bible, then why are you dropping Sunday school? Well, we really didn't drop it. We have a connection group. What's, what's the connection group doing? Drinking Starbucks. We, 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 that's what's happening. But, hey, I tell you what. In the late 1770s, 1780s, we got the Sunday school in America. Yes. Well, where is that in the Bible? Jesus, everything he did, did was teaching the word of God, teaching through miracles, teaching through parables, teaching through illustrations. You don't become more spiritual by dropping Sunday school. Amen. Our auditorium's a large auditorium, and we, we have them, they're cheap. Should have bought the right way would cost about a half a million dollars. We got these big screens up there so that people can see behind in the back and the top balcony alone, it sits 1,500 people and it's just difficult to see. But I tell you what, I'm not going to start preaching with those things. What, what about, got quiet on that one. How can you preach now? If you'll notice, that, that's a lecture. That's a seminar. I probably won't be invited back, but nonetheless. Uh, on the screen, you'll notice point one over here. Can you see John the Baptist preaching like that? Can you see Ezekiel, Isaiah? Hey, look, I'm just trying to, I, I'm, I'm old enough. I, I remember when those things went around. I remember that pastor stood up and said with his old King James Bible, thus saith the Lord. Can't you spell it? We're, we're becoming like seminars. The shout is gone. Hey, you put the screen up and you start everything. Well, here's what and we have. We have LCD screens in every, every one of our classrooms and our, in our college and the biology class. And we see things there. Thank God for that. But preaching is not, is not the LCD screen. You imagine Billy Sunday said, oh, I'm sliding across. The, he, he used to slide across the platform, you know. And I said, no, I said, what point am I on? Um, oh, yes. Notice point three. I, I know. I, I, look, can't you smell it when we don't want soul winning anymore, but we want outreach? Can't you smell it? Now, I know this. You've never heard this one before. I like the word city. I am going to a city. I'm not going to community. I like the word city. 
uh, 12 gates into the city. I like the fact that there, that there was city, seven churches in cities in the book of Revelation. I like it that every one of these New Testament books that were written to churches were written to cities, to the, the saints that are in Rome, the saints that are in Galatia. Now it's getting quiet here, so bail me out in just a minute. But you know, I, you, know you know what the word community means worldwide now? Community means that you're a man and you love a man and so you're part of our community. You say, well, you're so narrow. Amen. Yeah, I, I think the scriptures, the, the screen has replaced the scripture. Yeah. I think the outreach is, 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 is taken away soul money. Yeah. I, I believe here today that sharing, I want to share something with you no more. I don't want to share something. I want to preach something today. Amen. Can't you smell it when something's not right? Can't you smell it? Hear their nostrils begin to flare. By the way, I want you to see something as a mother and a dad, as a pastor, knowing your strength and knowing your smell, but your sight. God designed the head so it could turn. Verse 20 talks about the fact that God God, God gave these, these, these horses where they could see some things. Ladies, you're generally better at this than men are. My wife could see things in our kids and she'd say, you see that? Uh, what do you see? <laughs> Ladies, let me help you with men. Men are basically just dumb. You know, we just, uh, we don't know. My first anniversary, oh, so excited. My wife, her first birthday, married couple. Oh, I was so excited. Because my mother, that's a problem right there. When you start to buy your wife presents like your mother had. My mother had a maple pole lamp that my dad bought her for 1954. It was beautiful. And I saved my money and I bought my wife a pole lamp. Have you ever done anything that dumb, Pastor? What? And she opened up the big box. I said, it's got three, it's got three chimneys just like my mother's. You'd have to know my wife. She's the most beautiful. That, that people think, honestly, she's my daughter. She looks so young. She's beautiful. She's great. And she, it's just a, what you, it, it, she's wonderful. And she said, oh, a pole lamp, just like your mother's. <laughs> At night, I said, honey, I don't know if you like the pole lamp. Put it all together. Oh, I love it. It was great of you. She said, just like your mother's. You know, you could fault her for all that effort that I did, but she was training me. I said, tell me about it. Where'd I go wrong? She goes, honey, it was perfect. However, most of the time, ladies like something personal. So I bought our lawnmower the next time. <laughs> you know, I'm glad she told me that. Because for 50 years now, I would have been buying her pole lamps and things like that. You said, well, she was, she was right. I recall one time she said, honey, you know, your, your voice is a preacher's voice. And you never yell at the kids. But sometimes I think it's a little bit ratcheted up. 
She goes, you're not yelling. It's just, you know what? I caught myself. I never want to speak harsh to our kids or, or, or where it was just like I was, those are my preacher voice. I learned something. You know, the, 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 the horse has two eyeballs and one can focus on one subject while the other eye can focus on another subject. We can't do that, but it can focus on two different, entirely different subjects at the same time. I was in seventh grade and the teacher, Mr. Vargas, was writing on the board and I got the class a little worked up, excited. And the teacher said, Mr. Treber, his eyes were there, but somehow teachers have eyes in the back of their heads. You ever notice that? Mothers, you have to have eyes in the back of your head. You gotta see where your kids are going. You gotta see where they're sitting. You gotta see what's going on in their life. I tell our people, don't ever let your kids sit in the balcony. You sit in the lower floor. You've got to go watch what's going on. And by the way, if they go up, then I'm as kind as can be. I probably won't go and say it publicly from the pulpit anymore, but I go up to the platform and say, kids, come on down here. I'm not going to leave them up there. And they don't do it. Well, I care too much for them. I want the best. You know, a horse can smell, a horse can see, a horse has strength. And in these days of 2022, dear God's man, oh, how we need strength and oh, how we need eyes to see and awareness to see what's going on in our church and how we need to hear the things are right, smell the things. That's not, I don't know why, but that song is not the right song. You can describe it better. You know better than me, but that's not the right song. Do, do, do you notice that a shepherd has eyes? Let me close her down. I want you to watch the horse's spirit. Verse 23. Verse 22 says, he mocketh at fear. That's his spirit. He mocketh at fear. Grasshopper runs at fear, not the horse. Got a battle in the church? Well, you don't run. Got a difficulty? Well, you don't run. Can't thou make him afraid? Verse 20, no. He, verse 20, can't thou make him afraid as a grasshopper? The glory of the Lord is in his nostrils. He paweth in the valley. I was there that night. Lester Roloff preached, pawed in the valley for the first time. I'll never forget. He said, I got up this morning. I was reading my Bible at 4 o'clock. There in that big convention center, I think there was 10,000 people there that night in Chicago. And he said, the, the horse. You know, I don't know anything, but I know this. When the horse starts doing this, he's not happy. It is on, brother. He's ready to go. He paweth in the valley. And I tell you, as we leave to go back to our churches and back to our homes and back to our families and back to our city, oh, how we ought to be pawing in the valley. We could run a bus over there. We could go door knocking over there. We could reach this area for Christ. We could get a 15-minute radio broadcast on the, hey, we could pay off the debt. Hey, we could build a new building. He's pawing in the valley. One of the reasons for this meeting is to get God to do something in your heart that will go back and implement it, pawing in the valley. You can't make him afraid. He's Paul in the valley. He rejoices in his strength. He go 
goeth on to meet the armed men. You know, armed men, they had spears and they had shields and they had swords and horses. Bring it on. This is the moment I live for. This is it. I love this. I was in a meeting probably 40 years ago. And my wife and I came in. The preacher was preaching. It was Jack Hiles that night. Now as he was preaching, my wife and I saw this preacher in front of us. God bless him. Don't even know who he is now. Can't remember. But he said, some of you pastors are going through defeat and sorrow and heartache. And I know that. And I want to have empathy for that. But I watched him begin to slide down a little bit more. He just, just sort of said, and by the way, we all go through it. And he says, you're just going to hang in there, preacher. And his wife, I'll never forget it, put her arm around him, started patting him on the back. And I said, honey, if you ever do that to me, we're going to, I'm not sitting next to you. Do not be patting me on the back. Poor baby. Poor boy, you're a pastor of a church. Oh no, I've been a pastor a long time. I'm hanging on every day. God will let me still have life. I love being a pastor. I love being a shepherd. I go to elementary chapel for 45 years every Wednesday morning and I preach to these kids. I love it. I love every moment with them, how many teeth we lose every week, how, how, whose birthday it is, Bible quizzes, preaching the word of God to them. I love going into high school chapel and preaching to those kids, done it for 45 years. And now for 25 years, right after that, go to high college chapel every, every Wednesday and preach. And then go to a preacher boy's class and teach. I love it all. I love it all. I want the ministry. I love on the radio, 15-minute broadcast. I love the live broadcast on Friday. I love Sunday school. My wife and I teach Sunday school. And, oh, we have young, I love my Sunday school class. I love Sunday morning. I love, I love preach. I love being a pastor. I don't have to set an alarm. Never had to. About four o'clock in the morning, I don't get up, but right after that, I, I start stirring. I can't sleep. What if you go to bed at one o'clock? I start stirring by four. What if you go to bed at two o'clock? I start stirring by, I, I must be a nervous guy. It's, it's on. It is on. I'm pawing the valley. I can't wait. I can't wait to get up. I love to read my Bible and pray and walk with God. I love to spend time singing to God. I love the, I love the fact that he walks with me and he talks with me. And I love, I love going to the office and getting there early and getting things done. I love it. You better love it. I'll be a paw in the valley. Notice what he says to that horse. His spirit, he's pawing the valley. He rejoices in strength. He goeth forth to meet the armed men. He mocketh at fear. He's not afraid. Neither turneth he back from the sword. The quiver rattleth against him. The glittering spear and the shield. This is what he lives for. To stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. He's not looking to be carried to the clouds and flowery beds of ease while others fight to win the cause and sail or bloody seas. Look at verse number 24. He swalloweth up the ground with the fierceness of his rage. Neither believeth he that it is the sound of the trumpet. I'm not worried about the trumpet. I'm not worried about the sword. He said, this is what I live for. Verse 25. And he saith among the trumpets, Aha! Aha! 
and he smelt the battle from afar. God's going to introduce the hawk and now the eagle. But hold that horse. Aha, what does he mean? I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this battle. I've been waiting for this, this, this opportunity to go through a battle for God. Some of you have had battles that I've never had. Hard battles, difficult battles, sad battles. Churches turned against you, different sorrows with loved ones passing away and all that. Some I don't know anything about some of those things. I don't know what it is to have a church split or deacons against it. I've got 41 deacons and they're good men. They're great men. They're godly men. One's hanging on to life this morning. I've been his pastor for 43 years. I want you to know, friend, I live for the battle. Amen. I don't want to fight. I don't like fighting, but if God calls me to fight, I'm going to fight. I want your parents to fight for your kids. You sweet mothers, we can't make it without your prayers. My wife told me, we talked late last night. She said, honey, I'm praying for you. She said, how did Brother Cooper do tonight? How did he do tonight? I said, like usual, he dropped the ball. I'll try to clean it up tomorrow. I just don't, I don't understand why he doesn't preach with energy. I said, like usual. She goes, I know he's quite a preacher, isn't he? And we're blessed. We're not only, we don't, we live four blocks from the church. I monitor his house because he lives right across the street from me. He lives in a tiny little bungalow, about a thousand square feet. You'll never guess what he has to pay for rent. <laughs> I'm telling you, what, what'd you say? Yeah, you're getting close. May I tell you something? I'm around Brother Cooper and men like that on my staff and ladies. They're like the horse. They have strength. If there's any deacons and church members and staff members, put strength into that man of God. Into your man of God. Put strength in your husband. Husband, put strength into your wife. Your wife smells danger. She sees danger. Let's do something about it. Sunday school teacher, you got a kid that's missing Sunday school. I'm out of time. I don't know how it was for you, but they put the clamps on us during COVID. I mean, our buses, we've been running buses. We've had 1.5 million kids come to Sunday school on buses in 46 years. But this whole last year, they sat there. We took the insurance off them, could not leave the property. 29 bus routes. And there they sit idle. We're trying to get it back and growing it back. One entire bus route, every rider on the bus, and there was many, everyone moved away. You know, I live for those bus kids. I love those bus kids. Some of those bus kids, 46 years later, are now preachers and pastors and pastors' wives and missionaries. I know some. 
him go on to live for God. Some have, I've had their funerals, they've died. They're bus kids. Today I want to just challenge you to be like the horses. Let's be courageous. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Our Father, I hope, I, I believe this was the right one to preach. And I pray that we learn from Job's life. He had gone through a great trial. But our Lord was getting him ready for the greatest blessings and double blessings that he's ever experienced. I know these pastors and their wives. I don't know the degree of COVID, but it hit the entire nation, hit the world. I pray that God, you restore us to the place of getting in the battle and staying in the fight and enjoying the journey, enjoying parenthood and fatherhood and to be a wife and be a grandparent and to be a pastor and a deacon and an usher and a Sunday school teacher. Pastor will know how to conduct this service.